0: Before I get started on today's Mortcast, I'd like to talk to you about Blanchard Family Wines, located between 18th and 19th in blake and in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, right smack dab in the middle of the dairy block, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field. Um, you know, I've been reading uh, Fort Blanchard for, you know, over 30 episodes now, and it's because I genuinely enjoyed the wine. I uh, went in there in June and uh, was thoroughly, thoroughly impressed with everything that I had that night. It was a great atmosphere with great, great people. Cohen in enjoy wine. They have a bunch of events that they do, uh, you know, and you can sample what it's like to have. I mean, not even just sample drink, but it's like to have wine from uh, the the uh, Sonoma Valley there in California, the Russian River Valley specifically and uh gives you that great great winery taste without having to drive 250 miles to Grand Junction or fly to California or Europe or even South America you know uh it really is a great location uh the, if you haven't been to the Dairy Block i highly suggest it some great if you're like going to have dinner at Milk Market get right on out and uh just go little down the alley and go to Blanchard for a nice nightcap of wine, pinot, Rieslings, uh, rosés, uh, whites, anything. Anything that you can think of, they have it. Uh, once again, they are Blanchard Family Wines. They have Facebook and Instagram under Blanchard Family Wines. They are located between 18th and 19th and Blake and Oisey in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado. Just right smack dab in the middle of the dairy block, just a couple blocks away from Coorsfield. When you go in, it's tell them Jeff Morton from CSG Podcast sent you. What is up, everybody? Thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast, part of the CSG Network. I'm, of course, your host, Jeff Morton. And today we are going to talk about our Denver Nuggets. And we're going to address something very. I think I've noticed a tendency in all, all our collective, and I'm including myself, uh, sports coverage. Um, and it is, and it's probably due to the nature of Twitter and the fact that there's about 8,000 various outlets covering the Denver Nuggets, uh, right now. Although not the, you know, you know, not, not, apparently not full time on the fan, but you know, there's, they're getting better, they're getting better. But, um, there is a, I think we have a tendency to overanalyze things. Some things are, issues are very basic. Some issues are um, whether it be success or whether it be failure. Those two things, by and large, you can point to specific things and you not overcomplicate things. Um, And I think some of this stems from the fact that everyone's trying to look at a new angle, and everyone is genuinely very smart, but when very smart people start thinking about a subject, sometimes you overthink things, and it turns into an extremely complicated uh, solution to a very simple problem. And I think this is kind of what's going on with the Nugget Second Union, uh, with uh, specifically our analysis of it. I think Michael Malone knows. Uh, after the Nuggets lost, uh, in, in one of the most atrocious performances I've ever seen to the Atlanta Hawks, uh, you know, granted, Trey Young went off. He had a big night. Um, but the Nuggets still could have, should have blown them out despite Trey Young having 42 and 11 assists. This wasn't a we lost because of Trey Young situation. We the know it's lost because uh, their second unit is abysmal. And actually by and large has been all year. And some of this stems from Michael Malone's philosophy of as I've sa- always said more about Michael Malone, he's more Pat Riley than he is Eric Spolstra. And those people who know basketball will understand what I mean by that. Um, Pat Riley had a certain style that he employed with both the Knicks and the uh, uh, Miami Heat that were diametrically opposed to the way he played with the, with the Lakers, but that's another story. Um, but he had a certain style that he enjoyed. And Michael Malone is very much in the Pat Riley school. Uh, Eric Spolstra is more of a coach-to-your-roster kind of guy, and some of this Michael Malone does, but it really does stem from a fundamental philosophy of the way Michael Malone views and judges basketball um, in a certain defensive concept. Not, not, you know, There's many ways to play defense, and Michael Malone's philosophy is very much an, of a controlled nature on this. Some of that stems from him. Some of it stems from the fact that the Nuggets, when they go out on the lineup, and some of this, obviously, as Malone has to figure it out, and I think he has, is that when you go out there in your second unit and you have Mason Plumley, Torrey Craig, and a suddenly cold-shooting uh, Jeremy Grant, um, you have three players who are complete offensive minuses. And... Uh, it, it's it's been predictable every time. Um, the Nuggets were I had a at one point an 11 point lead in the first quarter. Uh, they led by nine, heading into the second quarter. The bench unit was in, and the bench unit just subs. I mean, it was lightning fast. The Nuggets both gave up the lead and were down by a, a, anywhere up to 11 points in that second quarter. You know, it was it was not pretty. It was not pretty. It was not it was. It was predictable because, I mean, as much as the we kind of, Michael Malone was harping on the Nuggets defense, the problem was the Nuggets scored 121 points against the Atlanta Hawks because the Atlanta Hawks are legitimately a terrible team, okay? Let's face this first and foremost. The Atlanta Hawks are awful. They have Trey Young, but they are an awful team. Um, and they play with pace. They play at a bigger pace than the Nuggets do. So a pace, combined with the fact that the the Hawks are not good, led the Nuggets to score, despite having one of the worst offensive performances I have ever seen this Nuggets team put out there. Um, seeing it in person was just, is, was different than seeing it on TV. It was dreadful. It was absolutely dreadful. They couldn't hit a shot. Uh, it was... <laughs> Jeremy Grant must have missed about four open shots. Nikola Jokic missed, was like one of eight on three-point shots. It was just terrible. It was dreadful. It was really, really bad. And that wasn't through offensive execution. It was because the Hawks are not a good team. And they scored 121 points because of it. Um, The reason the Nuggets weren't leading the whole game and didn't blow out is because their second unit came in in the second quarter, and it just sucked the momentum out of the game. And, and the Nuggets just were became the Nuggets became a team that does they do a spread pick and roll with Money Morris and uh Nathan Plumley. Um and the rest of it is just like they have no flow. Uh, they don't let their offensive players create. Michael Porter Jr. was in is in like for like 6 minutes. And is looks like he is absolutely terrified to make a mistake. Which is exactly where you don't want your rookie to be. Um, at some point, you need to let your offensive players do what they do. And they are going to have to take the reins off of Michael Porter Jr. And just let him create. Because he, did, he had a nice almost assist to Mason Plumlee. Where he created in the lane, dished off, and it was like, Oh, man, that's great. He had a nice mid-range shot uh, and finished with two points. And that was it. Um, Often he gets lost or he doesn't seem to like he wants to have the ball because he doesn't want to make a mistake. And I think that is contributing to the second unit issues. I do believe that having three players out there who uh, can't score, basically, or score with any sort of alacrity, um, they, they can't, it, it just, it, it sucks all the momentum away. And it's simple. It's absolutely simple. The, the Nuggets need to find a balance, and I don't think that means, and here's where I'm going to disagree with a lot of the analysis so far, I don't think that means playing Jamal Murray more with the second unit. Um, I think that means playing Tory Craig less. Period. Um, it it works in the playoffs, but if you're for going to boil this down to the crux of the issue that, that the Nuggets have, despite what, how occasionally uh, Craig can be a good defender, he creates no space on offense. Uh, teams dare him to shoot. There's no spacing out there. And by and large, and he does shoot, he'll miss it. And... This has been true for the entirety of Craig's time in in Denver. It work, it's different. I'm going people before you say the playoffs, let me tell you something. Playoffs are different. The playoffs slow down. You play series, and it's, it's playoffs are about matchups. That is completely different. Throw the playoffs out of the scenario. Regular season basketball is different, and you can't have a guy who's out there and can't create any offense. Um, and teams don't respect. Because you also have Mason Plumley, who you need out there as your backup center, and you also have Jeremy Grant, who really is the backup power forward. Um, you need those guys out there. And it would behoove Michael Malone to understand that, yes, he does provide something on the defensive end, but he creates nothing on offense, and maybe, just maybe, that is why... You can't score when the team is uh, in, in into its entire second unit. Um, I think we focus on maybe getting Jamal time. No, I mean that'll may happen. That may happen. I think honestly, it would serve better to have look Nikola Jokic play with the second unit more um, because the Nuggets play differently with Nikola than they do Mason. Um, I think. I think spreading those minutes in a different way would help. But really the crux of the issue is playing someone at a premium spot like a small forward and just having them contribute virtually nothing on the offensive end. And it just compounds the fact that you already have Mason Plumlee and uh, Jeremy Grant, who who has struggled um, with, on his offense. You You have those two out there already. And you have to have them out there. So, I think that is really the crux of it. And you could see Michael Malone kind of thinking. Um, We talked to him after the game. Um, You know, look, I was expecting him to be in a worse place than he actually ended up being. But it was a... He did kind of indicate that maybe he needs to change something, which is good. But with Malone, you kind of got to wonder that sometimes maybe he learns the wrong lesson from something. And I'm hoping that he learns the right lesson from this and that, you know, as much as he likes Tory Craig, um, playing him to the extent that he does is to the detriment of the second unit. And playing him, him even in the first unit sometimes uh, it's just it 's not what it was now- part of the nuggets issue too is that is that uh Jamal Murray has a foot issue, and you could tell he 's just he has no explosion right now, and I think uh, that 's something to watch um, Jamal Murray will play okay he is the toughest guy on the nuggets period he will play regardless. Um, it's one of those things you respect about Jamal Murray. (laughs) He will go out there and he will play. But he may not be 100%, and that does affect some things that he does. So watch Jamal Murray and uh, see how he performs against the Nets tonight, the Brooklyn Nets. We'll see how they are able to recover from that. Um, I think... I think they will be okay against the Nets. I actually have a good feeling about this game, um, and I'm curious to see what Michael Malone does with the second unit. Honestly, it's it's really been the Nuggets' problem. But you know, obviously, aside from Nikola Jokic's lethargy, um, you really have a um, uh, that's going to be a problem. That's it's it's it kind of overrides everything. But when you look at specifics. The Nuggets lost to a dog butt Atlanta Hawks team because their second unit in the second quarter was just so bad um and the nuggets couldn't recover from that second unit being so bad and, and they just with a team that chucks as many threes as uh as Atlanta does you're kind of behind the eight ball when you get there and um that is just part that's part of the way the game is played so and the nuggets don't have enough shooters on this roster to dead eye shooters to just recover from that sort of thing and especially when you have no spacing in your second unit it's just it's not it's not going to work not in the modern NBA in 1995 the nuggets could have probably put the clamps down defensively there and and clawed back into a game but when you this is this is an offensive league and you need you need your second unit to be maybe not as good as your first unit, but still competent. And the second unit just just struggles so much. Monty Morris had a good game, but he can't carry that. He cannot. So, anyway, thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast part of the CSG Network. Uh, I'll be back soon. And uh, remember, go to Blanchard Family Wines in the dairy block. i a big supporter of theirs. Great wine. Go and check them out. I'll be talking to you guys later. Goodbye.